morning and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. I'm Rhonda Brighton Hall, CEO and co-founder of MOI, and I'm joined today by my great colleague Suzanne Gravilovich. Hello and great to be here. And Jess Pollard. Hello and it's also great to be here. It's great to have you both because we're going to talk about privilege. Uh, it's a very good topic and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, three things. The work we've been doing in this area. Yep. Some of our own experiences of coming to better understand privilege. Yep. And then we're going to finish with why it matters at work. So, Rhonda, we're going over to you for a bit of context. What have we been doing here at one? Okay, so so I didn't grow up in Sydney. Yep. Okay. So I had this blindness to how class works because it really works strongly in cities and less so when you get out of them. Right. Okay, so that's the first thing. So the first time I'd really seen it, I'd been around the world, lived in different countries, came back, and in 2012, we were actually doing some work on gender diversity. Yes. And it was with four companies and one of the big universities here in Sydney. And what we did is we started an appreciative inquiry into how senior women got into senior roles, which is a perfectly good question set of questions to ask. <laughs> and, we, and we don't normally ask what mattered so we had a really broad range of questions we had professionals doing a really good appreciative inquiry survey and when we started looking at gender what we actually found is that every woman we interviewed that had got to the top of the tree in all four companies and that university weren't just women they were women of privilege in other words the only thing that they had different from the men they were sitting next to was gender Right. And that everything else that we had worked in their favour was actually privilege. And from that, we started developing questions and what we should do with that. 2017, I did a TEDx talk on the seven aces of privilege and why it matters <laughs> and how to play without them, because that's also very important. And it's no use telling people they haven't got privilege, they need to do something. <laughs> yes. And then the other thing we started to do was we built a privilege index. Ten questions that actually give you a score out of ten that can tell you whether you're sitting in a very privileged position as you head into your career. And every organization we've used that with since 2017, it is hierarchically perfectly correlated, hmm. which means that, Isn't that you, amazing? it's amazing. Yeah. So it means that your CEO and your XCO team are sitting at eight and a half or nine or 10 out of 10. Wow. The team underneath them, the next two layers are sitting at 75, 7.5 out of 10 on average. And that all your people supervisors are five out of ten, and that means even to be a supervisor, you have to have some degree of privilege. And that correlation is so stark that it doesn't don't doubt that people can break the rules or get through it, or one person climbs the ladder unexpectedly. Mm. But it does really make you wonder about you know the eighty percent of the population that sits below five, and whether we're really giving them an organisation or a workplace where they also can thrive. So that's the background to it. Mm. I remember the first time I did the index and that my result was actually quite different from what I anticipated. Yes. Maybe I won't give away what that was, <laughs> but it, it really made me reflect on different aspects of my life from my early childhood through to my gender, through to um, my parents' relationship, how that's actually played on that privilege index. And I was, oh, maybe I will give it away. I was lower than I thought I was. You were. I remember that day. Yeah, it was and, very interesting. Uh, yeah. Really interesting. Because we think of privilege as a big house. Well, yeah. yeah. If you grew up in a big house, you must be privileged. But actually, privilege has got a number of elements to it. Mm. And it does. it is about gender. It is about socioeconomics of your parents. It is about 
race, language, all the things that give you a break yes. and you don't realize you're getting them, you yeah. know? And, yeah. and so that's what I want. The thing that I wanted us really to, to jump into, because, you know, I know both of you so well, but I want to talk about what it really means. Mm-hmm. And I think that is about personal experience because it's the stories people can tell, the way that they come at this, their own experience of it. And so I'd love to hear your lived experiences. Now, I've heard them, yes, but I want other people to hear them because they're so interesting and you learn so much. Suzanne, let's start with you. Okay. So I'm talking, uh, my lived experience has that ethnically diverse background. So my dad immigrated to Australia and he had a Greek and Lebanese background. Yeah. So I really identify with the um, movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah. And, you know, it's a beautiful <laughs> and hilarious look at some of those cultural differences that we experience. I'm right? going to bring your bunt cake to uh, and, 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 you know, Windex. I loved that movie because it, it just was so close to me in so many aspects. You know, the, the father sitting there saying... Give me any word and I'll tell you how it comes from the Greek. Like, that was my father. <laughs> and my father said, actually said that. Um, and it's really hilarious. And the food, um, particularly the food. Like, my food experience was completely different to my Anglo people that I went to school with. You know, just a different experience altogether. Um, but and you're exceptional cook, I can vouch for that too. <laughs> As a result of that. As a result. There's so, there is so much culture in food, isn't there? There's a lot. But I guess some of the, you know, the the privileged side of that experience was, you know, my dad came to this country with nothing. And it's about the, the hard, the lessons that you learn growing up is that hard work and um, saving and uh, that, that honesty in, there's an honesty in that and that that will always get you somewhere. There's honesty and hard work. There is. And that's kind of the values that I grew up with. And it's it's really part of my identity and it and it has a big impact. Yeah. And you can feel it. Yep. You can feel it working with you. It's really cool. Jess, you've got a totally different experience. Talk to you talk to us about <laughs> yours. Well, when I was reflecting on this, two quick experiences came to my mind. The first was moving from a private school to a public school when I was in sort of year eight, year nine. And in going to the public school, A, the one key differentiator was all my friends had jobs. Yeah. There was no time for Saturday sport because everyone was working. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> different program. And I had a, a friend in particular who I met and yeah. loved uh, and still keep in touch with. It was a beautiful Tongan girl and had the voice to accompany the stereotype. But back <laughs> and it is one of the loveliest things to hear these Tongan communities Quires. come together to see yeah, it's just beautiful. so yeah. special and, and we met and we formed a bond because we both made music and it was in her final year of high school that her parents got deported from Australia wow. and she couldn't afford to stay at the school she couldn't afford any of her school books she couldn't afford her jersey there was no experience uh, oh there was just so many experiences that she couldn't get access to um, and that was really eye opening coming from a totally different experience when I was at that private school when it was more, does your dad drive a Range Rover? Do you live in, <laughs> name the suburb, the suburb here? Um, it was just, it showed me just truly how different the challenges Yeah. Are. So and that's it's security, isn't it? Mm. I mean, that's, when you've got, there's a confidence and security from which you can do your best, your best contribution, you can mm. be everything you are. Whereas if you've got a feeling that mum and dad 
could be thrown out of the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never had to deal with that. You know, that was very different than what I grew up with. I knew that my family would be here. Mm. And when they were thrown out mid the final year of high school, yeah, well, what do I do? Where do I go? Who do I live with? How do I get to school? Yeah, uh, wow. you know, And it was a totally new set of experiences from anything I'd seen. And the grace, joy... Uh, that she managed to navigate that experience with was so inspiring. Yeah. Um, and now to see where she's got to, awesome. Uh, so that was the first experience. And the second one was when I was doing some companion care uh, in aged care. Mm-hmm. And so it was aged and disability care. And it was the first time I'd ever been to a housing commission. Mm-hmm. And I walked in and it was a woman who'd had chronic ongoing pain. And she had garbage bags on the windows of her apartment because she couldn't stand the light. And it was my job to sort of help her with her shopping and spending a day with her just made me, it starkly put in contrast some of the lived experiences that so many Australians face every day. Mm -hmm. And at the flip side, similar to my Tongan friend, the joy, courage, strength that she took that with. And when you sat in a room with her, she just loved you being there. Mm, she She was just so delighted. So I think... Those two experiences, A, they changed how I saw my world. Yeah. They made me so deeply appreciative of so many of the things that you don't see when you have them. Mm. Access to education, healthcare, um, support when you need it. Uh, and, yeah, just fundamental things that make you go, wow, I'm so, so lucky. And I think the grace with which so many people that, say, don't have the privilege to live their lives with is just really inspiring. Mm. So that's my example. I think I think they're great examples, and, and I would add two, because it's it's not always just about you know the job you're doing or something like that. It's actually about how the processes around that work. Mm. Now I grew up in Wollongong. Now my family's from Kangaroo Valley, but I grew up in Wollongong, yep. and um, the reality was we didn't sit around and ever talk about careers. And I never thought about that until I was literally like in my forties, and I'm sitting with the CEO this few years ago, and we. We're talking about talent and there was a really great person on the talent um, pack that we were looking at and I thought I'd presented her beautifully because she was so great and all of a sudden one of the executives just said well you know she's from Wollongong though and I thought what what, what does that matter <laughs> and I'm thinking oh my god I'm from Wollongong <laughs> and then the conversation quickly went to well she's just not from our world that was basically the conversation oh. I've actually written a blog about that because yes. for me it was so confronting. It is. That's is that, a, oh my god! Man. Because I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know that coming from Wollongong was good, bad, or indifferent. I just thought it was where I came from, and I'm really proud of it. Like it's a great way to grow up. So yeah. it was really weird. The hmm. other thing that you see when you're in the tippity tops of companies and you're all out to posh dinners and things like that is there's a way of coming at that experience where you're confident. And people will say, you get to go out with the board or the senior team and you can network and you can do all these cool things. And I was working in Chicago and I had this guy on my team who was absolutely brilliant, absolutely loved him. And he was from Kentucky and he didn't come from a privileged background at all. Mm. And we're sitting around with his senior executives and people are telling him to network. And, of course, he's looking at three wine glasses and going... Oh no! Which one? Right, and then he's given a menu, and he goes, "Oh my goodness!" Because he it was really posh. <laughs> he didn't know what to do. So he ordered sweetbreads because he thought they were a great idea. And then, of course, when they arrived, he found out what they were. I.e., Google that, and it was quite a shock for him, and he didn't want to eat them. And then they thought he didn't know wine glass to use, and it was just you could feel this guy that was ten feet tall, bulletproof, really capable of contributing brilliantly to a company, really great guy. 
suddenly felt fish out of water inadequate inadequate mm. not yeah. prepared not meant to be there he didn't belong mm. and and that's an example of privilege it had nothing to do with his job or his ability mm. or his contribution or his cleverness or preparation it's nothing it was all things that he hadn't learnt when he was 16 yeah. and, and it's so hard like you, you really you don't know to learn that so let's bring some of these things together now to answer the question that's central to the podcast, which is why does this matter at work? I think I think it matters from the positive side at work yes. because if you can get people who've got all different walks of life, you really open up a whole market. I mean, this is society is not made of people who are used to having four wine glasses. That's right. It's made mm. of all sorts of people. I don't know what to do with the four. Is <laughs> <laughs> that the next? I was hoping you could just this. But it's one of those things where you're sort of saying. The whole society isn't built like this. And if you want your business to be accessible and, and part of the community and society we live in, you're going to need to be part of it. You're going to need to have people on your team who deeply understand that and enrich your team with that information and perspective. I think it also creates, creates an agility where once you get used to different stories, different experiences, you become more open to accepting, looking for the positive in different things, trying to spot new opportunities. There's a way of when you sit around together and you can really listen to someone else that's come from a totally different background. It's, yeah. You're not forced to see the world in a different way, but you realize how beautiful it is and how privileged it is to actually have that experience with someone. Mm, absolutely. It's that, that ability to listen to someone else's story and you learn so much from it. I mean, your story of your version of watching the Greek wedding movie, which I love too, <laughs> yes. is, is different, but it's really awesome. <laughs> and who knew all the words came from Greek? I thought that was a joke. It's, actually, it's, it's serious. It's actually true. It's the ability to connect. It's an openness. And if you've got an openness to other people that they didn't just grow up in your bubble, that they have yeah. something else to offer, you're listening to it. I think it, it makes you able to create an inclusive environment around you to be open to possibility of what other people can bring. Absolutely. And also create things so that re reflect the community that you're trying to serve in whatever you do. Yeah. That's the real the real crux of it, isn't it? We all want this diversity on our team. Um, and this is another aspect of diversity. And our customer base, well, most of the businesses that we work with, the customer base is not just a narrow um, little group that are highly privileged, <laughs> but it's, it's you know, the and, majority of people. And your mum's going to buy whatever you're selling anyway, so you need to go and buy <laughs> another market. That's right. And so you need that aspect of diversity in your team if you're going to be able to connect with your customer base. Mm. Yep. So, finally, mm. what are some of the takeaways for our listeners? Uh, how do we all make sense of the concept of privilege in our own lives and potentially do something about that or move forward with it as opposed to just thinking about it as this sort of waffly idea. Hmm. I, I think the biggest takeaway is that it, in Australia in particular, this conversation about class and privilege is really uncomfortable because we like to think we're all equal. We do. And so we're blind mm. to it, which yep. is not healthy. And so it's like any area of diversity and difference and what we have to offer 
is actually based on who we are and our identity and how we feel about that, how we see ourselves. And so while it's difficult to discuss, it's important to acknowledge it. And in part of that, the expression that we've used with so many clients, the way we talk about it, if you've been gifted privilege, it's not good or bad. It just is. Mm. And you should do something with it. Mm. So if you mm. if you know how to use the right wine glasses, if you know how to have the right conversation, if you know how to uh, talk to a certain way or speaking, talk to the person next to you who doesn't and help them. Mm. Um, do something that mm. makes a difference to someone who can't get through that barrier that you didn't even know was there. Mm. That's a great one. All right. That's probably a good place to leave it today. Uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll be back next week. Here at Moi, we're really passionate about making the people and culture space practical and accessible for everyone. If you're interested in learning about our knowledge base, culture reviews, belonging and culture the privilege, dashboard. The privilege index. The privilege index. If these are relevant for you or your business, we would love to hear from you. So it's a big moi from the Moi team and I. Uh, to stay in touch with our community, you can jump onto our newsletter or better still, join our community of subscribers. You can do this by contacting us at team at moi.live or you can visit our website, www.moi.live. That is a big moi from us. A big moi. Big moi. Bye. Bye. Bye.